Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you wanna get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary VGW group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Batter up. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pot of Their Own. This is episode 141 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So this week's outlook is not quite as depressing as last week's um, because last week the Mets, I think they had lost two in a row and were on their way to losing their third in a row. They had lost the two seven to one games to the Nationals and then they had they lost the first game of the Pirates series. Um, but well, then now after they're that, only lose, they've only lost one and they're about to lose two in a row. So yeah. we're one loss ahead of where we were last time. Exactly. Um, the Mets currently sit one and a half games up on the Braves because they did manage to win two out of three um, in Pittsburgh by uh, sweeping the doubleheader. And then they did manage to win two out of three from the Marlins as well, um, even though Friday was like a really, really shitty loss again. Um, And the Braves decided that they can lose a game every once in a while. It's allowed. (laughs) And so the they've lost Braves, three in a row now, right? The yeah. Braves have indeed ah. lost three in a row, which is the only reason that these losses to the shitty teams have not been like backbreaking for the Mets, but they will become backbreaking if they don't start getting their act together a little bit here. They are or currently a lot. they could get their act together a lot. They yeah, yeah. More They're than a little. zero. I would even take like a five point seven right now. Like, it's just like they forget how they look like they like they, Jake gives up a home run and the game's over. Yeah, it's wild. Like, it's it's been wild how feast or famine it's been the past week or so, because like, yes, you know, they they had those like last week. They basically had those two really crappy losses like they lost to the Pirates eight to two, but then they doubleheader swept them and shut them out in the second game, 10 nothing. And it was like, oh, OK, here we go. Like, this is what you should be doing to the bad teams. And then they turned right around on Friday and David Peterson looked like crap and they couldn't score again. And Joely Rodriguez let the game get away. They lost horribly to a bad team but then over the weekend they kick their ass twice like hard and so it's just kind of like what are you doing like it's like huge oscillating like pendulum here and now we've swung back to the suck dimension 
Um, and we, you know, the they couldn't score yesterday and Chris Bassett looked bad. And now Jacob deGrom like looks fine, but human. And they they are getting shut out by I don't even know. I don't even remember his name. By some Samson. guy. Yeah, by Samson. Like, come on. Well, and it's not just they suck. It's they forget how to baseball. Like it, it wasn't enough to just be bad. They had to be embarrassing on top of it. Like just stop messing for two minutes. Why? Why, why do you always do this every year? It's like this is not even the same the fun team. Thing. Yeah, can we have the fun? This isn't even the same team that beat the Marlins the other day. It's no. like it looks like a different team entirely. Like what is happening? <laughs> I don't. Like- that's the problem, too, is like Bassett's been fine all year, but he has one stinker and that's enough. Like there's no margin of error right now. Right. Exactly. And if maybe if the offense had been clicking, like it wouldn't have been as bad. But sometimes but- the offense does click. I mean, that's the weird thing is that we have all these games that looks like distinctly like same old Mets, you know, just absolute like like they've never played the game before. Um, and then like, well, what I expected, what would happen after last night is that they would show up today and like, boom, remember how to play baseball, except that no, apparently that part is still, is still a little tricky for them. So I don't know. It's, it's very annoying and it's especially annoying because my kids are getting super into it. And then halfway into the game, they are much, much less into it. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that first inning today, like, Ugh. was one of the more frustrating innings of, like, borderline the whole season and just set the tone for the entire game. Like, Brandon Nimmo gets hit by the Jeff McNeil, like, the, which would have been a single in the hole, and, like, they would have been off to a rip-roaring start. And then Pete Alonzo hits, like, a towering homer just foul. And then, like, you know, has the weird exchange with Samson, and then things just don't, like, a few things just didn't break their way, and now they're down for nothing like it's just very frustrating well and that's that was yesterday's game too they loaded the bases in the first thing and didn't score and then they loaded the bases later on what was it the seventh with no outs yeah. and didn't score yep yep but that's unacceptable i'm sorry they've been up to their first inning bs as usual which is good because like when the mets are like when the Mets are pressing and putting pressure on a pitcher immediately, that's how I know in usually how I know they're going to have a good day, even when they don't score in the first inning. Usually all season long, it's been an indication that they look like the Mets. It's like this is the Mets team. They wear pitchers down. They make them throw a lot of pitches really early. Mm-hmm. But like lately, they've been doing that. But then like the then it doesn't like then the pitcher settles in and it's fine after that. It's like you got to like keep doing it. <laughs> You can't just like give up after the first inning. Yeah, it's just well, and that's the thing too is how many people in the lineup are just automatic outs? Like, yeah, Nito and McCann were playing well, but do you still trust them on a consistent basis? Or are they going to be exposed if they get too many bat- bats on a consistent basis? And then you have the DH, which you're still not getting any DH is a out. black hole. And it's the only, like, right now, as of the past week, with, with Nito and McCann actually hitting, and Eduardo Escobar having his hottest streak of the entire season. Batting Thank eight. you, Eduardo Escobar, Dollars for Dingers, Hero of the Year, no question. Yes, seriously, <laughs> he's, he's the, he's only been the one. best Dollars for Dingers player. Um, You know, and him hitting eighth, or him and the catcher hitting, like, seventh, eighth, ninth most nights. Um the only black hole right now is at DH. And the problem is, is that like Buck Showalter is still batting Vogelbach and Ruff or Vientos or whoever's in the DH fifth. Yep. And it's just an automatic out right now. And when crucial situations, because usually you'll have either like Pete or Lindor or Nimmo on base ahead of that. And then it's just up oh, double play or you'll have two guys on with two outs and a pop up or it's just, it, they're always up at a crucial spot. Like that's a crucial spot in the lineup. Yeah. They miss Starling Marte. I think. Yeah. A, a great deal because it means that Jeff McNeil has to bat third and Jeff McNeil's been doing fine batting third, but it's like basically, and Alonso is still like, he's like, he's out of his slump, but he's not 
like he's getting hits, but he hasn't hit for power. I mean, I know he hit that massive like foul ball by a foot today, but, but like the he, God's blue foul. I mean, that yeah, was like yeah. that was straight on it and hooked then, right at the last second. Yeah, it's like come it took on. a sharp left turn. Cool. It was going cool. out. Um, but he hasn't been hitting for much power lately, even when he's been hit getting his hits. Um, so it's like it's really, you know, you've got Nimmo's been doing consistently well at the top of the lineup still. Uh, Lindor's been a little hot and cold lately. And then you've got Jeff McNeil batting third. Jeff McNeil, obviously hot still. He's like climbed up the standings in the batting title and is now like points away from the lead in the batting title. Um, and then, you know, you have Pete. But then after that, it's just like. <laughs> um. So it's just like they really miss Starling Marte. I feel like Starling Marte has been like a huge part of the big innings they've had, especially early in games. He makes that lineup so much longer too. Yes. Um, also, even Canna came up in two crucial spots yesterday and didn't pull it for, which was very upsetting. <sighs> Mark Canna summer. We 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 need Marcana Summer to become Marcana Autumn, and it's not happening. To be yeah. fair, Marcana Summer was very Marcana Summery, like forty eight hours great. ago. It, yeah. it was. So we do need to like, I I can't get too hard on on Marcana for having like one day where he wasn't destroying everything in his path. Yes, it was, it was just it was just upsetting. <laughs> it, yes, it was upsetting. It upset me too. Um. <laughs> But when Starling Marte went on the IL, the Mets called up Mark Vientos, which was something, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before, as in like, you know, they, the Mets considered Mark Vientos too important to trade at the deadline, but then they refused to call him up. Now they have. Um, he hasn't looked very good so far. Um, well, didn't he like a one game? Yeah, he had one game, but he had five at-bats and he failed to reach base in any of them um, and looked sort of overmatched, I would say. But it's one game. Um, obviously very small sample need time to sort of get the butterflies out. We'll see what Mark Vientos can do down the stretch. I mean, like really there's not, you can't be much worse than Darren Ruff right now. So yeah, yeah. there's not, it, it's not like he, it's an easy position to upgrade if Mark Vientos is not, is not doing it. Yeah. But what do you do in the postseason, do, well, do you give them a spot on the roster? I think you I think you have to because you don't really have an alternative. The only alternative you have is bringing Dom Smith back. And like, what are you going to do? Bring Dom Smith back just for the po- the postseason when he's been in AAA for like weeks? For a second, I thought you were going to say, what are you going to do? Bring Dom Smith back? <laughs> and I thought that was just like, that kind of summed it up. The like, sentence you was going to end there. Bring but- Dom Smith back? But I mean, like, that's really the only alternative you have. They I mean, I in my opinion, I think that like if if this really stays as unsustainable as it is, they can get around it in in once everybody is healthy in the sense that Marte can play in the outfield with Nimo and Canna and um Gior like Giorme can play in the field and Escobar can DH perhaps. Um yeah, like I feel like don't... there's some good permutations that you can play around with. And but Jeff you... McNeil's flexibility helps you there. Yeah. Like you can DH Mark Canna some days and play Luis Guillorme at second base and Jeff McNeil in the outfield. Or you can even like DH McCann. Yeah, yeah, if the catchers keep hitting, you could DH one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's as desperate as that sounds. I never I thought say, I would... it says so much about us having this conversation. Even I never thought I would say DH James McCann. Like those are not words <laughs> that I thought would exist James in McCann? a sentence. Yeah, is there one I missed somewhere? Double header this... James McCann. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, that's just like we. While the catching position has been just the the worst in the Mets lineup for the whole season, like recently it certainly has been overtaken by DH and um, which is, which is very silly. Like that should never happen. I mean, Darren Ruff's WRC plus at the Mets is like seven. Yeah. yeah. Like it's that's really worse than Nito and McCann have been like even need, even bad Tomas Nito and James McCann have been putting up like 56 WRC plus <laughs> or something like that, you know, like seven, like a single digit. That's not good. <laughs> like legit. 
I had, I looked up Ruff's numbers recently, and I was surprised he had a batting average with the Mets. I don't recall him getting a single hit. I do. He but, he had he did he got a, I think it was a double down the right field line once. Yes, <laughs> I, I I had a Twitter follower post two doubles, but one was on the go. Apple Plus game. So I argued if it happens <laughs> on Apple Plus, does it, does it ever really happen? To be happen? fair, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> So but, that's also why I do not remember a Darren Ruff double. I mean, they're missing Marte, but Luis Guillorme being back does help a lot with their ability to mess around with positions and the lineup a little bit. Or because now they have that we haven't. I mean, pro- they hasn't exactly been killing it out there either. No, not really. I mean, the past week he heated up like while he was playing every day in place of Marte, he did actually get on a little bit of hot streak. But before last week, it was pretty ugly for a he, while. I mean, he was probably the best out of Vogelbach, Ruff and him. But I mean, we're grading on a curve here. Yeah, I mean, overall, he's had the best numbers of the three It like in aggregate. Yeah. Um, Vogelbach still has decent numbers in aggregate because he had such a hot start with the Mets. Um, but he hasn't done anything. In, but he hasn't done anything. In way too I long. feel like once he he got diagnosed with the hamstring injury, that was it. Yeah, they never IL'd him and he hasn't looked the same. No. I, mean, I don't know if he's still like, you know, who knows? Like, same it could just be that old he's Mets. But, yeah. But, um, the other positive thing on the injury front is that Trevor May is back from the COVID injured list, which is good because they really needed that other bullpen arm that is not yeah. like, you know, Joe even L. if you Rodriguez. don't love Trevor May, you know, he's he's not Adonis Medina like he yes. belongs on a major league roster. Yes. And he looked good in his first outing back. He did. Um, struck out two batters, if I recall. Um, so that was good. Yeah, they need that. Um, out of the bullpen because before they kind of had um, two like pitchers who like shouldn't be on a major league roster and now they really only have one of those they should have zero to be clear Billy Epler trading deadline <laughs> but right now they only we had one. known at the time that they had utterly failed to address any of the Mets biggest needs Ugh. Oh, wait, you say we did know? How is that possible? We don't get paid for this. <laughs> That's what pisses me off. Like, even if you had the whole offseason for this, and the whole offseason was they need a bat and they need a bullpen. Okay, you failed the offseason. Now we can come the draining deadline. You still need a bat and you need bullpen help. And he still didn't do both. Like, he got a second chance. Yep. I mean, to be fair, Michael Givens has been f- actually good for the past like two weeks or yeah, so. Yeah, he has been better. Let's give He's him been a lot better. Hopefully, he will continue to be better. I mean, I still wish they had done more. Um, they should have done more. And Peterson is the in the bullpen. I don't know. I just, mm. I mean, he couldn't make it out of the fourth inning against the goddamn Marlins. Come on. I, I mean, I still like him in the bullpen at least, like when he's not in the rotation, you know, I, I guess yeah. like he's just so infuriating to watch. It's like throw yeah. a strike, man. It's the Marlin. And I don't know, like, I just don't know how his stuff plays in the bullpen. Like he just, he throws too many pitches. He works such like long counts and yeah. it's like, we need a, and, and, but then he like, he does get strikeouts though. He does have like, if you just look at the like raw K percentage, like he is a guy that could be a bullpen guy then. Cause like he went three and two thirds innings against the Marlins, but he struck out seven guys, but he gave up like three or four runs or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like, that's the David Peterson experience. Like if you can bring him in to fit, I don't know, let's say it's like the NLDS against the, Dodger, or the NLCS against the Dodgers and you bring him in against Freddie Freeman he's just gonna walk Freeman I don't know if you can carry him and uh and Trevor Williams and Tyler McGill who's theoretically coming back as a reliever like you can't but carry apparently it was guys. terrible in his last rehab oh yeah so oh yeah one. he gave up four yeah runs he gave up like, like four runs in the in one inning or something didn't I he? don't even think he lasted a full inning Ooh, yikes that's not good well um, he had been doing fine until then in his rehab but that's not But I ideal. feel like Peterson will get the edge because they don't have any other lefties. So yeah. Like, yeah. 
he's just going to be their lefty by default. We got to yeah. hope for the best. I mean, just like, saying, get your Freeman Peterson matchup and get your popcorn ready. Then are they just going to like yeet Joely Rodriguez off the playoff roster? He's been bad enough that they could, but they like, could. Uh, they I mean, just I don't, they don't if, have if a lefty Peterson to trust can, right now. If Peterson can get any outs with reasonable reliability, then I don't want Joely anywhere near my playoff roster it's it's rough they don't have a it's rough ha 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 they don't oh, have man. a lefty that can be relied upon in the bullpen at this time like i can envision it like unless Scherzer, you're a true alex claudio believer <laughs> like sure there about like seven in like one third innings in the nlcs against the dodgers and like walk Trey Turner to bring up Freeman. They bring in Peterson and then it snowballs from there and all of Scherzer's work goes to shit. This is what I I can picture it so clearly. Like that one walk to Turner will just ruin the whole game. Yeah, I can see it. Unless you bring in Diaz for like a five out save, which can also happen. I mean, is Diaz for, even still on this team? I don't know. I have so many blowouts say, in one direction say, or another. For all the know. for all the pendulum swinging bullshit the Mets have put us through for the past couple of weeks, the only upside is is that Diaz is getting a nice long rest because they haven't played any close games in in like ten days. <laughs> I know. I, I I was gonna say my narco is my extra, and there's not been a single narco in. Is September. the men's secret strategy in September to only blow teams out or get blown out, and then use Edwin Diaz every day in the postseason? <laughs> I don't disagree with that approach. <laughs> I think yeah, it's probably I mean, a very defensible one. But you've got to do enough to win the division, though. <laughs> True. Like, can you imagine if they don't and they got to play the Phillies? Oh, I will die. I don't Why know if would I can you survive. say that out loud, Linda? Why you put that in my ears? <laughs> I don't know if said. I can survive a Mets-Phillies playoff series. No. I don't know if I can physically take it. That said, my daughter, her whole shtick is hating the Phillies. <laughs> oh, it will produce the point some where she excellent. was really bummed out that they weren't going to be playing each other anymore for the season. So I think we could get some some playoff Ellie Phillies hatred tweets that could really really knock you that will be peak ellie content it would be yeah Yeah. i'm not sure it's worth the five stomach ulcers it is not um do not recommend but it's good to have the option yeah yeah um but yeah the the mets are very very up and down right now um luckily right now even if even if the braves win later the Mets will still be in first place. Yes. And that's what matters. But they they can't keep living like this. For a team that is in control of their own destiny, they seem really determined to ruin everyone's life. Yes. Correct. Well, I just want to know, like, did the Nationals stink? Like, did they, were they the Monstars? Did they steal the Mets' talent while they were all they were like beating them two out of three because they haven't been the same since. Yeah, I don't know. No, it was a that was the Nationals beat moment. the Cardinals, so I think they are the Monstars. I don't know. I would hate to believe that. That's something I cannot abide by. <laughs> they stole their talent. It's not fair. I hate That's something I cannot abide by. <laughs> no, not the Juan Soto-less Washington Nationals. That's <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> it's the only explanation I have at this point. I need the Mets to to we don't love it, Mets. No, Please, especially Mets. the non dingers too. Like you're supposed to be hitting the dingers, not giving up the dingers. Yeah, I'm begging Mets. It's very exhausting to stay up every night till like twelve thirty one a.m. watching hate watching the Braves. I don't wish to do it anymore. <laughs> But I and yet they're giving it. us no choice at all. I know. I don't. I hate relying on the Braves opponents all the time. Although that Mariners game was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a roller coaster. That was such a roller coaster of emotions that I like. I think that's the most roller coastery game, like roller coastery emotions I have experienced for a non Mets game all year. Yeah, that was that was wild. Very fun. 
<laughs> I'm more w- than happy to throw my hat in for a Mariners AL team rooting situation. The time it was a record. It was a record time from P- fuck Paul Seawald to <laughs> oh my freaking god. <laughs> it was record time. <laughs> like that was incredible. And uh, the best part of like, I mean, obviously, like it was just fun watching it. But like the low key, the best part was afterwards. Brian, Brian Snickers post game con- uh, conference being oh, like, yes. being like. Kenley Jansen has the most saves and it's like ignoring the fact that he also has the most blown saves. And it's like, yes, yes, Mr. Snicker, please keep using Kenley Jansen as the closer. Excellent work. We agree. Manager of the year. (laughs) Thank you. And hasn't he given up like seven home runs over his last five games or something insane like that? Yeah, it's something like that. He has like, don't tell them. He has like an 11 ERA. Let them figure it out over time. (laughs) Hopefully until like they'll figure it out in November. (laughs) (laughs) On, yeah, whatever the, yeah. On a Thanksgiving dinner, a sudden, a sudden revelation. (laughs) Like, oh, he was giving up dingers. I shouldn't have bought him in. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In better news uh, for all of baseball, um, the minor leaguers joining the MLB Players Association was uh, is being voluntarily recognized by the league, which is not a development I expected. It's very exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's like a real thing. It's a real thing. The minor leaguers have unionized and the league is recognizing their union. So that's great. There was um, so much less BS drama with it than I was expecting. And so I yeah. guess that is a like very... Very tepid thank you to MLB for not making this harder. Yes. And this is like made like news like beyond just baseball, like the president tweeted about it. Um, The president tweeted, congratulations to our country's minor league baseball players on a historic swift and overdue organizing victory and to Major League Baseball and the Major League Players Association for taking this critical step. Every worker is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect on the job and on the field. So getting it away from the president, same thing about the railroad workers union. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I guess, wait, am I apologizing for getting political on a pato? <laughs> no, please don't. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that is, I will, I'll throw out that out there. Like, we should all be like closely following and cheering on the minor league unionization, but also there's going to be a very nasty railroad strike coming up and know which side you're on. And it's the side that is begging for just the right to unpaid sick time. Yes. So, yes. yes. But anyway, yeah. The the minor league stuff is going very well. Yes. And obviously, obviously, this is all very good news. And like, you know, now the minor leaguers will have like the power of the union behind them. Um, But like this fight is never over. It's a constant fight because the reason why they need the union is because their working conditions are so bad. And it's not like they form the union and snap their fingers and their working conditions improve overnight. That is not how this is happening. It ha- It's going to happen in a collective bargaining process. And if like, don't have a short memory about this, say, how we just it got out last, of the lockout. How did the last collective bargaining process go? <laughs> we just got out of a lockout. Um, so when the next uh, five-year labor agreement expires, 
you think that fight was nasty? Uh, once the minor leaguers are also being bargained for, uh, it's going to get even nastier. <laughs> I think. Um, I mean, I've been proven wrong at other steps in this process. I didn't think the league would voluntarily recognize the union. So uh, that I mean, was better have, than expected. They have to know that's what's coming, though. Oh, they sure do. They know. They're preparing for it, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think when I say that it went easier than I expected, I I certainly don't mean that it seems to be over. But I did expect at this stage of the process more of a temper tantrum from MLB since that has been their MO for so long on all labor things. It's like, how can I whine about this? Yeah. And I mean, we we've had Rob Manfred say as recently as like, I don't know, a couple months ago that like he disputes the claim that minor leaguers don't make a living wage. Yes. Yeah. Like that was like not too long ago. That was like a month ago. (laughs) Yeah. And nobody asked the follow up question of like, how so? How so, please sir? Provide me details on this claim. Like, please, please elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you me know more what a living it. wage is, sir. Yeah, I don't think he does. I mean, I don't think he does. No, I don't, I don't think, think he has any concept. No. Well, it's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a minor leaguer. What could, what it, could cost? it cost? $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... One thing that was in the collective bargaining agreement is that the league has the right to unilaterally impose rule changes. And guess what? They have done that. They sure uh, have. So there have there uh, last week there were announced a bevy of new rule changes that will be in, in, implemented for next year. These aren't a complete surprise because the they were teased by being tested in da, 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 the minor leagues where the, the players had no power to say otherwise. Um so they um the new rule changes are the following. First there will be a pitch clock which is already in existence in the minor leagues. Um, and regardless of how you feel about it, and I feel, I have a, I have feelings. Um, I think we should do a quick straw poll on each of these between yes. the three of us. Yes. Okay. okay. Pitch clock. I am against, but mildly, not like vehemently. I would say like mildly against Maggie. I'm pretty solidly pro. Linda. Can I just say no, I'm Switzerland on this? Like I have no strong neutral? feelings. That's I fine. Think that's neutral, totally fine. Yeah. neutral is an is a, an option. Um, I have this as a subheading under the pitch clock, but it's really kind of a separate issue. Limiting pickoff moves. I'm yes, anti this. It's a. Tr- I see why something along those lines kind of is needed, but this seems very complicated. So we will see how that goes. Yeah, Linda, yeah, how do you feel about pickoff against? Um, all right. Now we have banning of defensive shifts. I am vehemently against this. <laughs> Maggie, I am largely against this. Linda. I wouldn't say vehemently. Yeah, I would say I'm with Maggie on that one. Largely against. Largely against. Bigger bases. I am pro this. Pro. Maggie, pro. Yeah, I can't see a downside to it, really. The downside. Well, <laughs> downside. It, the people who don't like it are don't like it for I for like purist reasons in the sense that like, oh, it, it won't be 90 feet between the bases anymore. And I think that people don't like that. It's going to they think that there are going to be fewer close plays like at the bases, which I don't necessarily agree with them. But that is one of their. Reasons. But that also I mean, I to me, that would be a positive. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want fingers getting stepped on. Yeah, yeah. to me, it's a safety issue. And any and any rule change, even if, like, and in, in, in the case of bigger bases, this is not true. Like, it doesn't go against my sensibilities or, like, anything like that. I don't actually have any opposition to it, even in theory. But even if I had an opposition to it in theory, in practice, I would not because it's a safety issue. Things that address yeah. safety issues on the yeah. field, I am almost always going to be in favor. Yeah, that's so. a that's an easy win. And um, the bigger bases was the thing that the entire rules committee agreed upon. Like that was a unanimous decision. The other two things were not unanimous decisions. They were the league officials voted in favor of, or the like owners basically 
um, the league and the owners voted in favor of banning shifts and the pitch clock, whereas the players voted against those two things. So, yeah, I mean, the thing with, you know, and I was very, I was very skeptical of a pitch clock for a long time. And the thing that has swayed me on the pitch clock is all of the folks I know who see a lot of minor league games. Because I can't think of any exceptions. They seem to all love it and love how it makes the game feel. And like, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I and I'm I'm also again like with small kids, I am sort of in favor of getting those game times back towards the three hour mark because you know my kids have never seen the end of a game at City Field. Right. It's yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the data is the data. Indisputably, it has shortened games at the minor league level. Um, so like from that perspective, if you, if your end goal, which the league's end stated end goal is to make the game shorter, and that's what you want, then yes, the pitch clock will yeah. <laughs> will help. So, like that, from that perspective, I'm not I'm not trying to contradict that. Like that's just true. Um, I I just I have a hang up about it because to me, baseball is a sport without a clock. I'm being a crank yeah. about it. I understand. No, see, I and can, I totally respect that. You know, I feel that way too. It's I mean, that's like, really why that's I really where it. I was for the longest time. And it's only kind of the level of enthusiasm that has brought me around and whiny children. Yeah. I, I like, again, I'm not, I'm not ready to like storm the commissioner's office over this, like the pitch clock, the shifts I'm pretty pissed about, but the, the clock, like whatever, I'm sure I'll get used to it. I'll probably cry about it for like half a season and then I'll get used to it. And then I won't remember a time when it wasn't, you know, it'll just be incorporated and that that's the way it'll be. I, I think that like, I think that this is both an argument for and against the clock, which is that I think actually for the majority of the league, you won't notice it. Like, I think for, for most players, it'll be a pretty easy adjustment. It's the minority who actually need the clock, who's the reason why this clock is happening, that it'll be tough for them. It'll be really interesting to see um, during spring training what yeah. what all of that looks like. Because you can kind of already get a sense that some of them are, are sort of trying to shift a little bit, um, which they shouldn't be, like, calm down it is september you have a job to do but yeah like i don't think the experience of a jacob de grom game is going to be demonstrably different because he works quickly and he does not check in on the runner at first every five seconds because he doesn't even hold runners on really <laughs> i well, do think oh go ahead linda they were saying that yesterday bassett will probably be the one that gets affected the most by it I have a feeling Chris Bassett is going to throw a shit fit. About it. Yeah. Um, Max Scherzer already said that he's going to game it. <laughs> yeah, which is fair. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing is that the 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 secret like sixth tool for baseball players, and nobody thinks about it because there's so few of them, is smarts. Yes. Like it's a chess match between hitter and pitcher. That's what it is. Yes. And I mean, I think that gets overlooked in part because like. I do have it on authority from people who know lots of athletes from all from all sports that baseball players really are just like not that bright. Um, but the <laughs> ones who are then like shine all the brighter. And I yes, anybody like Max Scherzer, you know, he, and because he was also so mad when they got when they introduced Pitchcom. Because yes. of course, like hiding signs and and like that's that's a skill that comes from his intelligence. That's part of and, gamesmanship too. Yeah. So I love I love that like Maxi has some new um some new games to play. Like that is great. I am all about giving additional edge to players who can you know do basic basic arithmetic and tie their shoes in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> And now, I mean, now with the limiting of pickoff moves that comes along with this, because it kind of goes hand in hand with the pitch clock. It's a different rule change, but it's affected by the pitch clock because one of the ways that they can like reset the pitch clock is by like throwing over to first base. And now they won't be able to do that 
uh, like just keep doing that to keep resetting the clock and then essentially render it useless. Yeah, it's a necessary um, complication, but it is a complication. It is yeah. a complication. And I think there are going to be way more stolen bases as a result of this. Now, it depends on like how you feel about that depends on whether you think that's a positive outcome or not. But it's 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 going to be an outcome, I think. I mean, ultimately, I don't think more stolen bases is a bad idea either. You know, and I, I, I guess for me, I feel like the kind of baseball that all of these rules are designed to encourage is a kind of baseball I really like, but I also don't like a lot of extra rules. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. But That's... I also recognize that, like, just simply because of how the game is played, you're not going to get fewer guys selling out for home runs and running up huge strikeout numbers, that's not going to happen unless you make a big change like banning the shift. Yeah. So I'm torn. Like I've been really torn about all this because on the one hand, like this is all definitely the kind of baseball I want to see, but it's also very like picky and specific. And there's a lot of things about it that annoy me. Yeah. My, the crux of my opposition to these changes is just that I don't like the league putting its finger on the scale too much. And yeah. this to me is an overreach. Um, yeah. Like I'm like, I get every sport needs to adapt. I get it. But at the same time, you're making fundamental changes to the sport, like the ghost runner on second, like that's not baseball. Yeah. Like, I just want, I just want baseball and not gimmicks. Yeah. If we could get, if I, I would trade, just about anything at this point to get rid of the ghost runner. That is like yeah. my least That's favorite, my least favorite rule, rule in the change. game. Yeah, Even too. more than this shift, which I hate a lot, but I, I hate the runner on second and extras. It's so dumb. My whole being, it sucks. And like, to me, I don't know, like I understand, like the pitch clock, I understand more than the runner on second because like, I know that like all of this, not, not necessarily the shifts because the shifts is more like about, you know, trying to make it so that like you like Joey Gallo is like Joey Gallo is now no longer like a viable player basically and then with the shift ban he will be again um but like basically it's all designed to shorten the game but to me they're different because the pitch clock is like less less downtime less time when there's not action whereas the runner on second is literally forcing the hand like it's forcing the game to end early yeah in yeah. a way that i don't like it's like um, all right let's get let's get a move on we're done here it's like playing the walk like the walk-off music when you're making your emmys yeah it really is it, like it is the baseball version of that and <laughs> i hate that because i'm i like baseball and i don't like a, a world where there's less baseball to enjoy like I enjoy when there's more baseball I like extra innings it is well, and I feel like whenever those were talked about it was always like well you know a couple extra innings are fine but you know you don't want to be in like a 16 inning I'm like are you kidding I love those the games crazy random like eight hour long <laughs> games that happen once every 10 years those are the best you those are the best those games. call and wait to work the next day get some popcorn <laughs> yes fun I just like, I don't know. I mean, like, again, I have always thought that a good compromise would be to like institute it in the 12th or something like that. Yes. Something even crazier, like the 14th. Like, that's fine. Like, I get like once the game reaches a certain length, it's like, okay, then you can start playing the music like fine mm-hmm. but you gotta like that's like playing the music before the person even starts talking yeah like let yeah. them accept their damn word first that's like yeah that's like they take the trophy they open their mouth they start playing the music it's like not <laughs> having acceptance speeches at all and then they gotta talk over the music just so that they can thank their mom shout out to jennifer coolidge who just started dancing to the to the music that was playing her off at the emmys last night oh excellence <laughs> love her um, or I guess it was Sunday night now. Um, well, that but yeah, the other thing, speaking of music, that was the other thing. Like players aren't allowed to have more than like 10 seconds for their walk-up music. And that like, and in between pitches, they can't play music. Well, I'm oh. fine with not playing music between pitches because I feel like that's the time when I become an, a crusty old lady. And I'm like, this is too loud. <laughs> I can't concentrate We're in the, the middle of a that bat because someone is screaming in my ear to clap my hands. 
And like, I know how to clap my hands, but like the thing about the walk of music, though, is I don't, there's already a time limit between at bats. So like, why not? Like, why, why does the music have to be a thing in that? Why can't it just be like, why can't that rule just stay the same? And, you know, if you have 30 seconds between at bats and the music is 30 seconds long, then congratulations, you're squeezing in 30 seconds. But like, I don't know. It's going to get it's increasingly like, shorter until it's like one of those games that you like guess the song games where they play the very <laughs> first note of the walk of music and you have I'm to really guess what I'm really bad at those. Maybe that's why. <laughs> but like, why it. are you taking away? All that stuff is entertainment. You're taking away some of the entertainment of the game. Yeah, that to me feels like not. That's not when people are looking at their watches. People no. are looking at their watches when, you know, when a guy is has already taken like 35 seconds between pitches and then throws over for a third time to first when the guy wasn't even actually all that far off at first. Like that's, that's the problem. It's not yes. the, it's, it's not the narcos of the world. No. Yes. yes. Or even, I mean, you know, we all remember David Wright's walk up to music. So it's like the, you know, it's part of the experience of the game. You know, you remember Chipper Jones's I still do. And every time I still hear crazy train, I think of Chipper Jones. Like that's part of the you're you're minimizing the experience of the game. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean the pitch clock, like I understand its utility, even if I don't like the idea of it, but I can at least like, I'm at least open to it. I'm open to it. I'm against it, but I'm open to it. Um, I'm open to having my mind changed. The shift I am pretty pissed about. That's to me, that's like, again, it's like putting your finger on the scale too much. It's like you're trying to promote a certain type of baseball, whereas the game will always naturally correct itself. You're trying to speed up the process. I get it. But this will correct itself eventually on its own. It, like if you keep shifting players and they keep and they keep making outs, they will find a way to stop making outs. Jeff McNeil is is literally the counterexample to this. But Jeff McNeil is also an exceptional player. Yes. And I think the the thing is that they did find an alternative and it's selling out for home runs. Yes. And the general sense is that as a whole, that's a less entertaining baseball experience. And I'm willing and and like, that's not something I feel strongly about, but I do kind of, I don't necessarily see a way that this style would be shifted naturally. Like that just doesn't seem, it seems like the more information they get, the more they lean into these really extreme shifts that increasingly make it difficult for anybody who is not Jeff McNeil to get a hit like that. Yeah, I mean, the Mets as a team, not just Jeff McNeil, the Mets as a team have been the counterexample this year of like how to build a baseball team that doesn't rely on home runs. And it's why everybody keeps calling them lucky. And but they're not. We talked about this on a previous episode. It's not luck. It's literally batted ball skill. (laughs) Yeah, it's speed. It's, you know, it's fundamentals. It's getting out of the box fast like it's. Yeah. They've managed to do this despite the shift. Yes, and that's then, true. That's true. Like we said with, you know, Scherzer manipulating the game, the shift is taking the strategy out of the game, too. Like, it that's, is. That's fundamentally baseball is strategy, you know, thinking your opponent. Like, people find baseball boring, don't understand. That's a big part of what baseball is. And now you're taking that another aspect of that away. Yeah. I, I don't like taking tools out of a team's toolbox artificially by imposing a rule that they can't do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll, again, we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, but we'll see. Um, well, I think Pete just hit a useless home run. I mean, it's not useless if it's for dollars for dingers. Yeah. But yay. <laughs> we'll yay. take it. We'll take it. I think we do get extras for um, for Pete Dingers. Yes. And, you know, if it's something that helps get his head on straight, um, I think part of what was so brutal for him in that first inning was losing that home run, which is not something that he's had a lot of lately. 
So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I will take a probably not game changing dinger from Pete in the ninth. Well, that was Lindor yesterday. Like, oh, a useless dinger. Yay. Not useless. Not useless. <laughs> I mean, I think, aren't we at the point where like every dinger is like hundreds of dollars? I think yes. so. That's pretty all amazing. the extras. Yeah. Yes. I would I say, mean, I, I mean, I'm guessing off the top of my head, but that's probably like two or $300 that Pete just like poof. I just did it lives. and it literally is. Yeah. Because oh, it wow. went, I, the, the, a live tracker update. We went Ooh. from like $4,100 to four, uh, $4,442.75 after that oh. Pete home run. Jeepers creepers. That's amazing. So Y'all. each home run is like 300 bucks at this point. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. More. More. <laughs> I just more want one Narco before September ends. Just more, one more, more. Yeah. That's so. amazing. I love it. I know. We're sitting we here got- like... We have been having like sad talks about the Mets, but also, I mean, everything happening around dollars for dingers has just been extraordinary. So at least we got a dollars for dingers homer before we uh, signed off for the day. But yeah, speaking of which, um, our fundraising event is Saturday. Yay! We spent a really long time before we started recording this podcast, finishing up final logistical details for you guys. So we are so excited. Please, you want logistics? We've got logistics. Oh, we've got all the logistics. (laughs) We have so many logistics. We've got checklists. We have schedules. Schedules. We have like more index cards and Sharpies than you can possibly imagine. (laughs) We've got backups for our backups. Yes. Um, so please, please come to Ebbs at City Field this Saturday before the game, four o'clock. Our best PM. prize selection ever. It's yep. not that it's is not, not even joke. close, just absolutely dazzling. More Be than ready. 20 different items for you guys. Um, and every single one is more exciting than the last. <laughs> yeah. It's just like so we're so overwhelmed by the support that we've already gotten. Um, and we can't wait to like celebrate it. Um, and have you and hang out with all you guys. So please come. It's going to be a fantastic time. Um, and we can't wait to make this the biggest dollars for dingers yet. So please come. Um, but in the meantime, we will finish the show this week. Like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise Maggie Wigan, what is your walk-off win for this week? So my, the specific, my specific walk-off win is, um, we, we had a great pool day on Saturday and it was the last of the season. And it just, my larger walk-off win is, um, is the New York city public pool system. Um, it's run by the parks department and the city public pools are amazing. Um, the one in our neighborhood is called Highbridge pool. There's a couple dozen all over the city. Um, and they're huge generally like quite big. And they are free, zero dollars at any point to get in there. Um, you know, the only thing you have to bring is a lock. They have some rules, like things like, you know, you can't bring in floaties or toys and stuff. I mean, just like kind of basic, strong safety and cleanliness rules. Um, but like on that note, you know, public pools have a really bad reputation for cleanliness, but actually like they are among the cleanest bodies of water on the planet like you like your average public pool is many 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 times cleaner than your average private private pool just as like a heads up um but we so you know because we have this incredible free pool in our backyard um metaphorical uh you know we were there i want to say we were probably at the pool 15 20 times this summer like just everybody would just like roll out of bed roll into swim stuff. I had a literal swimming go bag that I hung on our front doorknob of like all of our towels and our lock for the locker and sunscreen. And like, I'd be like, all right, everyone get in, go to the pool. So, you know, my walk off win is just like a plus pool day with the whole fam on Saturday when it was nice and warm. Um, and then just general like pool days. Yes. Thank you. New York public parks department thank you the people who worked there were lovely we got to know them really well like the, on, as another thing like the most of the public pools if not all of them serve as 
hubs for um, school lunch distribution during the summer. So anyone 18 or under can just walk up at any point during the day and like get a free bag lunch that is like not too shabby. Um, and unofficially, anyone older than 18, they usually have a lot of extras and they'll be happy to to throw whatever your way. Um, so yeah, thanks to the to the school food folks and the parks folks and just everybody chilling out and having a great year of much of much much cool activity. Ellie has never had uh, swimming lessons and she is practically swimming just because of how much time we spent there and how much opportunity she had to practice. So yeah, hit up your um, your city pools next year because it is. It is a real hidden gem. That's awesome. I truly wish I had a, a, a pool nearby that I could go to because now I can, now swimming is like one of the only things I can do. Oh. <laughs> um, but that's awesome. I love the pool. I, I spent so much time at the pool as a kid. So much time at the pool. I love a pool. At the community uh, pool. Yeah, nothing so beats time. a good pool. I mean, because I also like I... I swear they invented sand for beaches because otherwise I would never leave. I love, love, love a beach. Um, but so the pool just like basically accomplishes that of like, Hey, you want a beach, but with no sand. It's great. Love it. Yes. The Mets lost. (laughs) We don't love that. We don't don't love that. that. But Linda Servich, what is your walk-off one for this week? Well, it's kind of a continuation of my walk-off win from last week. Um, that the past two days, I, I tweeted it. Um, Lu- Lucy took a little while to like feel comfortable enough to sleep out in the open. Um, so now she's taken to sleeping on my bed. And then Maddie jumped on the bed and went to snuggle with her. <laughs> I was Yay. like, oh, they're friends. Like, uh, like you know... I, you know, when Maddie would try to play with her and she'd hiss, I'm like, oh my God, they're not getting along. What did I do? They're both miserable. But like, you know, after researching, they're saying that it's normal. They're just establishing their boundaries and like learning how to be friends and like live together. So like me being the worrier, every time like Lucy would hiss, I'd freak out. Um, but then, like I said, they never fought. They never, it was just, you know, establishing her boundaries, which, you know, good for you. You stick up for yourself. Um, you raised her right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, and right now they're sleeping on the bed again together. So I'm like, oh no, they're becoming friends. So it's just, you know, like I was really super worried adopting Lucy because if Maddie wasn't happy, that probably would have broken my heart. She deserves to be happy in her home. But I also wanted to give Lucy a good home. So it's nice that I think my fears of you know, finally subsided and they're not only coexisting because there are like a lot of times cats don't ever become friends. They just tolerate each other, but it seems like they they're going beyond that. So I'm hoping that, you know, they do become little buddies and not wake me up at four in the morning because they run across my face because <laughs> they're chasing each other. But, um, but other than that, you know, it's been it's been nice having another little buddy in the house. So that's my walk off win is, you know, my two cats becoming friends. <laughs> two cat household. Yes. Fluffy that's a friends. wonderful walk off win. <laughs> I mean, that's my future life goal. I want a dog and a cat who are friends. Yeah, like the Mac and we Mac want and Willow. Yeah, Michael and I want Willow and Mac life. That's what that's we want. what I want too. And now I the dog I've always wanted is the King Charles Spaniel. And now so there is a King Charles, and now that's all I can think of is like now should I get the dog? <laughs> mm. I'm gonna that's say a hard yes. image to conjure every time you think about your dog. I know, but the dog is so much better. So now every time I hear King Charles, I think of the dog. I don't think of the king. I mean, the dog was there first. He was there yes. first, damn it. <laughs> so take that. Take a million seats. Yes. Yeah. Superior dog. But my condo only allows two pets. So I'm I, there there will be no dog in my future. At, at least, you know, the immediate future. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
my walk-off win is a simple one again, because <laughs> I just got to take the small wins where I can get them. Um, my friend, uh, my best friend from college stayed over with us over the weekend. Her and her boyfriend came to stay because they had um, one of their one of his friends was had like a baby shower or a wedding shower. I can't remember a shower of some kind. Um, Gifts were given. <laughs> they were in the they were in the area. And so they stayed with us. Um and it was just a very nice weekend and I'm glad I got to see her. Um, and it was, it was really nice. It was just like pleasant. We hung out, we watched Glee, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, you know, we're doing like a big Glee wa- rewatch and Michael will only watch it when he's had beverages. Um, <laughs> and that's like the deal that we've made. He's like, we can re you can rewatch Glee and I'll watch it with you. Cause he's obviously never seen it. Um, but I can only watch it if I'm drunk. Uh, and I was like, that is fair, but he's it's not funnier. wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. It's funnier to watch him watch it when he's drunk and see his reactions to it, because it's like a po- this is the first time I've rewatched it. Like I watched the whole thing live. I was like a Glee super fan. And like now that I'm watching the show back, like as a full fledged adult, I'm like, this is something that they aired on TV. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, truly a wild ride. Um, so yeah. And, and this, this particular friend that stayed with us, like we, you know, we used to in college, we used to like every Tuesday night without fail, like that was glee night and we would get together and we would watch it. Um, so it was just nice to hang out, uh, and reminisce a little bit. So that is my walk off one for this week. Um, while you're waiting for Saturday to come, uh, and waiting to go to dollars for dingers, you can go to amazingavenue.com. Check out all of our fantastic content. We have game recaps, win or lose. <laughs> we have analysis. We have news posts. We have morning news posts. I have weekly meters for you guys every week. Um, check that all out at amazingavenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And you, Maggie? At Maggie 162. You can subscribe to the podcast, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. See you all on Saturday.